My name is Stephen King. The ice is gonna break! Hello and welcome back to the KingCast. My name is Scott Wampler. I am joined, as always, by my equally talented co-host, Mr. Eric Vespi. Eric, introduce yourself. Hi, that's me. How are you doing today? You know. Yeah, that's it? That's all you got? Yeah. That's fine. I I think you're maybe locking up because you're so excited about the movie that we're here to talk about today. And that's understandable. I'm wanting to save it for the uh, the meat of the episode. <laughs> um, I am extremely excited about the guest we have lined up for the show, as well as the choice she has made uh, for the adaptation we're going to discuss. She was a writer on the UK comedy series Frankie Boyle's New World Order. She currently co-writes Vault Comics' Money Shot and will perhaps be best known to uh, the Twitter users in our audience as the lady who is always dunking on director Scott Derrickson because his house burned down. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the KingCast stage, Miss Sarah Beatty. Sarah, how are you doing today? Hello, men. Hi. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm surrounded by men. This um, is I'm great. This yeah. is great. I'm. I am. I am pumped. I am cyber pumped. This is exciting. <laughs> uh, we should probably point out for anyone who doesn't know you and you and Scott Derrickson are actually friends. So it's yes. not as cool yes. as it might seem that you are. <laughs> Constantly cutting, his, cutting his legs out from under him because his house burned down. <laughs> Did That's... you know that his house burned down? Um, I will never let him forget it, or anyone else for that matter. <laughs> I don't. Well, there was a period where where Scott was talking about it a lot, um, and it <laughs> well, was. Can in... you blame him? His, no, his not entire, at all. His entire house burned down. I, it's yeah. just it's fascinating and pretty funny. I probably, I probably, <laughs> I probably get more than a few tweets out of it myself. I, I'd probably be beating uh, that drum for at least a week. My, I have to say, I, I was super impressed with uh, just how quickly, like, I think the ashes were still smoldering when you when you first started. <laughs> I was right on that. I was all over. Like that. there was yeah. still like firemen like in in the the ruins, still putting it out <laughs> when, like, when, you, when you started uh-uh. giving them shit. Yeah. <laughs> Your house burned down. You have nothing. You're in a hotel. <laughs> Sucks to be you. Oh, uh, poor Scott. But um, and if that's how she treats her friends, wait till you uh, you hear how she treats the movie we're about to talk about. Or Donald hey. Trump, uh, a noted oh. a noted cyber bully of uh, Donald Trump, and and we appreciate your your work. Oh, you know, thank you, thank you. Field. I I take my work very seriously. On yeah, that. same, Maybe. same. <laughs> The idiot, horrible person. It's the only outlet we have. So you you chose the lawnmower man, which is an exquisite, <laughs> exquisite choice. But uh, before we get into uh, the the short story and the resulting, well, I suppose it's a movie. But before we get to all that, let's let's talk about your your King origin story. Like, can do you remember the first King thing you read? Like, how did you come to him as an author? Yes, yes, he actually like shaped my childhood um I moved around a lot as a kid like I went to eight different schools up until eighth grade my parents were just constantly moving me and my brother so it was always the new kid yeah I know I don't know they're messed up like once that's like once per year 
Yeah, at least some like one year I went to two different schools because we moved towns or something like that. It's Did like keep- I don't know. It's like my dad's like my dad's a doctor, and it's like I don't like he he acted like he was on the lamb or something. Was he was he a crooked doctor? Like why does he? No, no, he's an orthopedic surgeon. Um, but uh, I don't know. I've asked my parents like, why did you? do that to us and they just like they don't really have an answer they're just like they can never settle or something so I was always the new kid and I became more introverted and stuff and so I found like my peace and like my solace in libraries and like bookstores or whatever and I read through all the the kids section and the stupid young adult section pretty early on and so I like went into the adult section and, you know, the forbidden zone and Stephen King books were just everywhere. They're just like displayed because they're so popular. Mm-hmm. So I like I picked up I think my first I'm pretty sure my first Stephen King novel was it because and I'm pretty sure I picked it because it was about kids like around my age. I think I was, yeah, I think well. I was 10. I know I was like kind of misled, but I was 10. I think the kids are like 11 in it. And um, I started reading it and I just, I don't know, I loved it. I mean, it was very, you know, disturbing (laughs) parts, especially the very infamous child orgy scene. And that gave me a very bad um, impression of what my duties as a A classic of the bad Stephen King sex scene genre. And as a girl, I was like, oh, is this what I'm supposed to do when I get older? Just like bang all my male friends if we're ever in a jam. It was very confusing. Um, But uh, yeah, after I just, yeah, I got hooked. And then I just started um, just getting all these Stephen King books and bringing them home. And my mom got concerned because I would like have like seven, I'd go to the library and come. Do people know what libraries are, by the way? Should we explain that? (laughs) They're not even around anymore. It's like, like Blockbuster for, for, oh, yeah, next Netflix is probably a more accurate or timely comparison. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom got, yeah, <laughs> Netflix for books. My mom got concerned at one point, and it was really funny. I think I was reading Pet Cemetery, and I think it was a third of the way through it. And my mom, I was really into Star Wars at the time, too, because I was reading Star Wars novels that I found also in the library. And uh, she told me that um, if I, gave her pet cemetery i she would trade it she would buy me a um a star wars poster and i was torn i want to say that i kept pet cemetery and read it but i was a little kid so i was like i want the i want the fucking star wars poster i traded her that it was a new hope it was just the classic star wars poster of the first movie or used to be the first movie selling out uh, age creed for a standard one sheet i know I know. I was a little kid. I don't know. I, I I finished it later. I got it. I got Pet Cemetery back later and finished it though. So she yeah, I don't. I don't think she was like worried about content. She was just worried about having to move more books. The you know. Right. Those <laughs> <laughs> things real we yeah. yes. <clears throat> I mean, you're, you're bringing home stuff like it, and you know, and that's like a thousand page tome. Like that. That's not going to be a two pound book. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, and the stand. That one. That one was fun to lug around. Do you have a favorite uh, King novel? Favorite? Um, let's see. I th- I hate it's so obvious, but yeah, it is. I think I've read that book five times, wow. like at least throughout my life. I really 
loved that book about, you know, childhood and the adults and this, like the fear and Pennywise. I mean, it's just, I mean, everyone loves that book though, but yeah. And the stand, I really love um, like Rose Matter, Bag of Bones, some of the not so popular one, the girl who loved Tom Gordon. That might I mean, be the I, first Rose Matter mention on this show. It might be the I last haven't, too. I haven't heard anyone mention it. I really did like that. That one. Um, but uh, yeah, probably it. It's just basic. It no, it's it's not. It it really holds up. I I prefer it to the stand. In fact, I prefer it to a lot of them. I think. Well, I you think it, it it is like, like even at the time, like when King was writing it, like people would ask him about it, and he was like, "This is pretty much everything that I've ever written about, all in one thing." You know, he's like, "This right. is me. Everything that's me is in this one book." You know, hmm. and, yeah. It's so, got all the hallmarks of a of a King story, including the awkward sex scenes, and not just the the famous orgy too, but there's also that weird. Uh, that weird part where the bullies are like jerking off together. Oh, oh where, yeah. Yeah. I always, I always oh, forget about for that. Reminding me yeah. that. I think I blocked that. I, <laughs> I, I, I was so uncomfortable with that. Yeah. I reread it recently and that was the, that was the thing like that, like side swipe me. You're just, just like you, I blocked it out the first time <laughs> that yeah, I read it. I, I, I don't see what I'm seeing. I'm not, I, uh, bad thoughts. Yeah. Uh, it is the only King book that I had to put down because there was something in it that disturbed me so much. And I'm sure we'll like get to this eventually when we do it and it show. So you're going to have to hear me talk about it twice, but, uh, and it comes right after that scene, I think where they're like the, where the, there's like the junkyard, the refrigerator. Going on. Yeah. The refrigerator. Fuck, the man. Yeah. That's great. It's so fucked up. Like I, yeah. I read it as a kid and then closed the book and just like walked out of the room and it took me a week <laughs> or two to, before I picked it back up again. It just fucked me up. dude. For people who haven't read it, there's like a, a like a dead kid in the refrigerator. Right. And that's the. Yeah. A, yeah. yeah. And, but but it, the kid didn't bother me as much as the puppy. Mm. The, the cruelty to the puppy is what fucked right. me. I'm, I've always had like, you know. You're an animal uh, lover. Yeah, I'm an animal lover. A- animal abuse will upset me far more than any kind of violence being perpetrated against humans any day of the week. Like if I hear a movie has a dog getting killed in it, I'm like, oh, God damn it. Not going to watch it. Yeah. Just no. It's, I, I love dogs, you know. How are you going to put a puppy in a fridge? Fucking Patrick Hawksetter. <laughs> well, that was all and that was all the like I know growing up in the 80s that for whatever reason everything like I think even Punky Brewster had an episode where like her friend gets stuck in a, uh, a fridge. Everything was like fridge terror. Stay away from fridges. They kill kids. Well, in the original draft of Back to the Future, the car like the time machine was a fridge. And then they changed it to a car because they were worried that like kids were going to lock themselves in a fridge or some shit to travel That's through time. That's terrifying that they would use a fridge. No, I completely agree with that. Kids would just be going in the fridges constantly. Like, yeah. just right. going, like I Instead of what they do now, they, they go into DeLoreans. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, it's much safer. <laughs> and the whole fridge thing was abandoned until many years later, picked back up by Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And now we don't do fridges anymore. That's it. It was that was bad enough to ruin it for everybody. Um, so let's talk about your your choice, Lawnmower Man. Oh, Lawnmower Man! Yes. <clears throat> Why Lawnmower Man? Um, because it it scarred me as a child <laughs> when I saw this movie. It I scarred was, me as an adult. <laughs> it's never. It is like 
I don't, it's just, it had a bit big impact on me when I was a kid. I saw it like probably when I was like eight years old or something. I had no idea. Like I didn't know of Stephen King by then, back then, but um, my brothers, I think it was on HBO or something. I can't even remember, but yeah, it was just, it just really disturbed me like on a deep, like psychological level. <laughs> And yeah, it's nothing to do with the story whatsoever that Stephen King wrote, but um, it was just, oh, I hate this movie. I'd like to just like, I mean, I love the, I hate this movie, but I would like to just like tear it apart. You know, this is, this is just going to be therapy for me when it comes down to it. So thank you. I was going to like start off with the smart ass thing about, uh, about how King's uh, short story, you know, was a, was very prescient in, in that it dove into the dangers of VR and losing oneself in cyberspace. And then I was going to go, no, nah, just kidding. It's about a super fat guy that gets naked and eats a mole. <laughs> 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 that was, that was my original plan, but I think we've already established very well that, uh, that the, this is uh, very famously a Stephen King in name only. Well, definitely to the point that King himself, you know, sued to get his name taken off of the movie. Right. Uh, but we'll get to that when we get to the film. Um, it, Sarah, when did you did you read the sh- the story, the short? Um, yes, I did. I read it when I was y- younger, and I just reread it again uh, this week. Um, I I actually love the story. It is disturbing. <laughs> I, it was, yeah. I think. Well, it's what was so interesting to me was it's like. Um, he like channels Greek mythology in it. Like yeah, the, yeah. the lot. I mean, that was, I, I forgot about that part. Like he, there's he, the lawnmower man, his, his, uh, his boss is pan and he has cloven feet and he mentioned Circe. Am I even pronouncing that right? I don't know. Cersei, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Cersei. Yeah. And it was like, the lawnmower man in it, he wasn't a bad dude. Like, he wasn't, like, there to, like, kill the guy, Harold Parkett, or anything like that. He just wanted to, you know, do his job and make some money for his side projects, <laughs> which yeah. may- maybe it was virtual reality technology. <laughs> Who knows? But um, he was just, like, this cool, chill-as-fuck dude with his dick out and just wanted to eat some grass <laughs> and... <laughs> Well, and, <laughs> and he only like killed the guy because he was calling the cops on him, and he warned him beforehand. Yeah. And you know, Parkett was a, a Republican. He yeah. <laughs> yeah, King goes out of his way to describe him <laughs> to, as a Republican. Yeah. yeah, I mean the the short it's very simple. It, it was um you know it's a legit short short story. It was published in Night Shift, um, and before before then it was in. Uh, this is like back before he he broke. Really, uh, uh, it was published in an uh, issue of uh, uh, Cavalier magazine. Uh oh! See, mm. we're laying the groundwork for how horny the the movie ultimately became. Yeah, this Cavalier. movie is so horny. I was oh, going to yes. say that this is a horn fest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, and Cavalier. I don't think Cavalier started out as uh, like a like a, a gentleman's magazine, right? Like, but it eventually became that. Well, it was it was those publications that were getting King through his uh, his uh, pre success phase. Like he he talked very right. a lot about how these short stories were like godsends. But that's what's really interesting about Night Shift. Um, I pulled my old coffee copy off of the um, the shelf, you know, to read read it leading up to this, and like I was just struck by like how many stories in there were things that were adapted, you know, later on, and you know these are all the and, and almost all of them were stuff that he published before the success of Carrie. 
So it's uh, you know, it's really fascinating. You know, Night looking at a good the, collection. I think I prefer Skeleton Crew on the whole. Yeah, but, uh, Skeleton Crew. Skeleton yeah. Crew has the scariest story ever written by Stephen King for me in it, which is the raft. Yeah, I, that that is so scary. I I think I read it once, maybe twice, and I'll never read it again because it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Literally any time in my life where I've ever been to a lake, I think about the raft. Like, oh, every, every time, every time, every time. It really, he really gets gets to you in that one. And the mist is terrifying too, of yeah. course. And that's yeah. in skeleton and crew, I think. Got um, it's got survivor type, which is another one of my favorite King ones, where the guy. Like a crooked doctor, uh, Sarah's father, uh, crashes in the ocean somewhere and then ends up on a deserted island and basically has to eat himself to survive. It is metal. I love that one. Well, I mean, even as a kid, like going through King's books, I always loved the short story uh, collections. Those were always the my favorite ones. And I would tear through them, even something like Nightmares and Dreamscapes, Mm -hmm. which is almost as big as and it didn't feel like it because they were all, you know, little teeny tiny. Nice little nuggets. Digestible nuggets. Well, it's, you know, like sometimes you get a King book where the like the the premises are always strong as in my opinion. Um, and then mm-hmm. sometimes they lose themselves along the way. And uh, Stephen King somewhat famously has kind of a rocky history with endings. But with short stories, it's like there's not a lot of investment, you know, being asked of you up front. Like if you're reading one story and it sucks, you can skip to the next one or mm-hmm. it's over in 20 pages, you know. So I I love the sh- I, I'm reading um, If It Bleeds right now. <clears throat> and there's a there's a the first story in that book is. Uh, Mr. Harrigan's phone, which feels like it could could have come right out of night shift, except it deals with modern technology, phones and and shit like that. But um, I do like I, I do like the short story collections, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and, you know, going back to the Lawnmower Man short, it I, uh, yeah, I remember it being very effective when I first picked it up in my like early teen years. And, uh, you know, and rereading it now, like there, there's some really crazy disturbing imagery of how like uh, described in the book like you know the the basic uh, setup is that there's a uh, you know the republican dude in, in the neighborhood uh you know had a really great lawnmower that you know unfortunately like ate a neighbor's cat you know one time when he was yeah. mowing his lawn so he wasn't allowed to uh, a cat ran in front of it and and you know disintegrated i guess <laughs> and, uh, and yeah and his wife freaked out and he's and, pussy whipped so he had to get rid of the lawnmower <laughs> so he so the the lawn grows, you know, that summer, and he he calls somebody to, you know, and the way that what's crazy about it is is like they he doesn't uh, just call somebody whenever it's time to mow the lawn. Like he waits a long time, and mm-hmm. so the lawn's like almost a meadow. It's described as, and and so that only makes it worse whenever the dude that shows up to mow the lawn that he hires. Uh, um, you know, is, is, is out there like, you know, on, on all fours, buck naked, you know, this morbidly obese, tall, fat dude, you know, buck naked eating like handfuls of this like tall grass. <laughs> it's, I don't the think- vision, I'm laughing at the visual because he's just <laughs> he's like, he's crawling behind it. Right. And then he says he does like this skip jump when he turns to like do the next row. And I'm just like, I love this dude. <laughs> I don't it's think crazy, the skip, but I found it funny. I don't think the skip jump is necessary to the process. I choose to believe that's just him throwing a little flair on it. 
you know? Yeah. Dinner, dinner and a show. Yeah, for, for whoever might have hired him. Yeah. Mary Poppins would approve. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's the weirdest shit. Um, I, when, the, I, when I first read this sh- uh, short as a kid, uh, I didn't get it at all. I still don't completely get it. I don't know what he was going for here. But it, I think it, it was a revenge fantasy. I think he had a neighbor who was Republican who had like a really loud lawnmower or something. <laughs> I think but, he had a he the, just wanted to get revenge on it, this dude. Fair, Maybe. but what about the Greek mythology? Like that's where it gets really weird. Like what is being said here? Well, because I don't know. Well, Pan is like the god of nature, right? Like sheep and harvests and whatnot. And he, the right. thing, I don't get the evil aspect of this because I don't. Pan's not evil. And then they said that the lawnmower man is like cloven feet, and I'm like, is that supposed to represent the devil or it Pan? Because Pan ha- doesn't he have little like goat legs or something? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And then there's the other thing where he says Cersei, Cersei would like turn people into animals, right? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I thought it was just interesting that he did that, but I don't know if he was really trying to go for like a satanic approach to that or was just, that was a little muddled for me. Yeah. It feels to me like more pagan, you know, where it's just more, You know, what King loves to do is like set that crazy idea of like, oh, Pan's running a lawnmower, you know, company, you know, uh, within like a, a mo- you know, a modern recognizable suburban setting. Right. I mean, Salem's Lot is bringing gothic vampires into, you know, the small town or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that's just kind of King's thing where it's just like, here's a world you recognize and then here's some weird shit to like throw you for Contrast. a loop and you know honestly i wouldn't read crazy amount into it uh, you know this is something he probably kicked out in you know a night to you know try to make a little money you know yeah. um and he just had an idea of of like you know a lawnmower being killing a dude yeah killing a dude and yeah for sure it's got a little bit of a cocaine-ish feel to it you know like that sort of thing where uh, multiple ideas are being juxtaposed against themselves, whether or not they need to. And there's like a feverish element to the story where it feels, there is. it feels mm-hmm. like a nightmare or a, a dream. There's like that sort of Lynchian logic to it. So I wouldn't be surprised if I found out that, you know, as you said, like can crack this out in a night and it was, it was something he wrote while, you know, lit up one way or another. Yeah. I mean, just get, just to put it into context, like, again, he was writing this, like, I think he was living in a trailer, like be, when Carrie like broke, really? he was like, living yeah, in yeah. This, like trailer with, you know, with the a newborn kid and, and piles of bills and stacking up. And, you know, it's like he was, he would be able to carve a few hours at night to, to write. And, uh, you know, so, you know, it, that's kind of where his headspace was when this uh, was written, but you know, it yeah. has a lot of the, the trademarks of the stuff that you come to really love about King. Yeah. Little did he know what he would unleash upon the world because of his <laughs> short story. Well, and it, but he real quick, it's also, he's not, he always shows you the line and you think it's as weird as it's going to get. And then it goes another step further, right? There's mm-hmm. the, the yeah. moment in the short story where you're seeing all this crazy stuff. And then the lawnmower sees a mole and like diverts, Swords. right? Like yeah. it's sentient and goes to, you know, roll, rolls over, it kills it. And then on top of that, you have, you know, the, the fat lawnmower man, not content. He's got to eat whatever this thing spits out, I guess. So he goes from grass to eating like the guts and remains. A mutilated of mole. Mole. Yeah. He's delighted to it. He loves <laughs> He's it. He's so happy. It's a little yeah. joke. 
Yeah. Fun little this, treat. He probably doesn't even get paid for this job. The lawnmower man no. in the lawnmower man, you know, the, the grass is his reward in all likelihood. For sure. Yeah. No, he was like a, a svelte dude before he started this job. Now he's he's got free meals every time. <laughs> Do you he, think he grass has a lot of calories? Like how much? How many? No, but well, think how much he eats. Well, look at True. cows. Oh, <laughs> yeah. but, but cows are very lazy and this guy is on all fours running behind a lawnmower like that's He's pretty active i challenge anyone on this show to get on all fours nude and run behind a lawnmower and that's a workout i've done it a few times mostly for charity but you know it's it, man that's that'll burn some calories i think so the fact that yeah, he's kind of yeah. that he's a fat guy is well that's just a fun a lot of jobs. Um, but does he? He doesn't eat the the Harold Parkett. He doesn't eat him, right? Because his remains are like left behind. You well, know, some of them in, in the bird bath. Yeah, like that's yeah, right. that's the part that always stuck with me. The cops show up and there's just like you know guts and shit in a bird bath. Like that's um for whatever reason that visual stuck with me, and I think about it whenever I see a bird bath, which is pretty frequently. <laughs> I live in the suburbs, and those are all over the goddamn place out here. So I don't I don't really have a much of a memory of reading the story first. I have a little impression, but what I do remember is picking up the Marvel comic adaptation. You ever read what? that? Oh, Mar- I think I remember hearing about that or seeing it somewhere. Yeah, this, I had is, to look- this exists in comic form. Yeah, in um, uh, it, I had to look it up because I knew it existed. And I knew I had a copy somewhere, but I have no idea where it is. It's in a box in the garage. Um, but it's from a uh, series called Bizarre Adventures, and it's issue twenty nine. And it, the whole issue is just an adaptation of Lawnmower Man. Holy shit! And, and but the it's movie like direct. Or the story. The the story. This is from nineteen eighty one. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, so that must be really cool. It is crazy. And, like, they put everything in there. I mean, you don't see, you know, Dong, of course, but, like, they just make the dude so fat that his belly hangs over it so they don't have to worry about being to, censored. You don't get to see the grass grind? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's another vivid image King went out of his way to talk about, like, the pubes, the grassy pubes. Got that green bush. Yeah, a which could be, bush. yeah, which could be a precursor, <laughs> precursor to uh, his creep show appearance. Oh yeah, with the moss. Yeah. Oh but no! Yeah. Not, oh, that just triggered me. Well, now <laughs> I want to see the is the what's the what's the art style like on the on the comic? It's great. It's that it's that uh, early early you're not early uh, Marvel, but early eighties Marvel you know style. It's it's not. That is insane. I had yeah, no, no idea. I'll, that send, I'll send you some stuff after this, and I'm sure when, before the episode goes up, I'll we'll uh, we'll throw some on on our Twitter. Oh my god! Yeah, I want to see that. I'm the actually really curious to see. The cover is really striking. It, like it, it's a, you know, it's like this very low angle with this like horror, like low lighting, you know, thing, and it's the lawnmower real big and the like naked fat dude and, like behind it. It's really good. <laughs> what? It's really good. Is the lawnmower red? That's like really important for some. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It I'm damn sure. well better be. It's red in uh, the movie. Yeah, they. That was one of the things that they they took from that the seven or eight pages. Of the <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, yeah, that's how they a, argued this in court. They're like, "Your Honor, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the lawnmower is red in both versions. I think it's pretty clear here that this is a direct adaptation." <laughs> I, I don't know that I have anything more on the story. Yeah, no, it sounds like a no, good time it, to 
shift into the uh, downshift <laughs> movie. Into yes, into the movie. Uh, movie was made in 1992 by. Uh, well, let me look at my notes here. Uh, Mr. Brett Leonard, who he kind of came up and before this movie happened, he was he was involved with like uh, uh, a group of like hackers or something out in Boston. Oh. Yeah. And uh, they had of course he was. There's, there's sort of conflicting reports. I read an interview with him uh, before we recorded this where he was his version of how this movie happened is slightly different than what I've always understood it to be, which was they had a script called cyber God. And at the same time, New line also owned the rights to the lawnmower man short story. And so they just decided to kind of combine it to, um, uh. to be able to sell it, you know, with Stephen King's name attached to it, which is, you know, what ultimately led to the, to the lawsuit. His, his version of events is a little bit different, but it involves his, his background with uh, like early nineties, late eighties, computer hackers and that whole culture. And he had an interest in, in virtual reality to hear him tell it. He, he pitched producers on this thing and had to explain what virtual reality is. In fact, uh, he's on record as saying that this movie popularized the, the phrase virtual reality. So um, a really unfortunate start for uh, virtual reality for the rest of the world, if that's true. Yeah, that's that sucks that this was the groundbreaking uh, (laughs) media (laughs) virtual reality. He ended up making he ended up making uh, another VR centered movie called Virtuosity that I actually really like. Yeah, Uh, I haven't revisited in a while. Maybe maybe that's a good thing and I should keep my memories positive. But that's the one where uh, Denzel Washington has to hunt down a VR serial killer that comes into the real world played by Russell Crowe. Yeah. Oh, wow. Russell Crowe coming up. That was his first big American role. You know, he was coming off Romper Stomper, which is, man, you're talking about an unpleasant movie. But he made quite an impression in that and then ended up in, in Virtuosity. Yeah. So this movie, however, whatever origin story we want to believe for this movie, it seems like it started off as a completely different, project that mm-hmm. you know was sort of retrofitted to become a a king thing um, yeah i don't know i when i read the short story though i was like instantly in my mind you know reading about the fat dude eating the dead mole i was like you know what the movie should have uh, a really pissed off chimp killing everybody at the beginning <laughs> of v, in a vr headset they start strong he was like a Tron monkey. I was like, when am I watching? And was it, uh, I feel stupid asking this question, but there are shots in it where I can't tell if it's, if it's an actual monkey or a monkey suit on like a toddler. Like, Oh, I, I wasn't even looking that hard. I just assumed it was like, they just went all out and trained look. a I monkey. Couldn't, I couldn't stop looking at its mouth. Like it's, uh, there's like an uncanny Valley thing happening there. I don't know if it's oh, yeah. But yeah, he's wearing like a Weapon X sort of headset. It is. I don't know. It's just like, what is he wearing? Well, I used to yeah, have, you're right. You're right. He's he's Wolverine. He's Weapon yeah. X. He's escaping the facility with his weird VR goggles on and just well, killing I was, everything. I, I was rooting for him. I was like, do it. Kill them all. End of movie. Great. Go, little monkey. Chimpanzee, sorry. He's got like little predator or uh, Terminator vision, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And predator, he can see like heat signatures through walls. Yeah, that's true. This monkey is alien and pred- predator and Terminator all rolled into one. 
He was doing um, a pretty good job. He was just clearing them all out. Yeah, he was wrecking shop. You know? Yeah, no, and they they spend an inordinate amount of time on this opening. By the way, it's a very like crazy breakout that this monkey is is doing. This chimp is doing. At like to the point where like he gives they give him like specific moments to like stop the escape and to very slowly like walk up and grab that like security guy's gun and blow his head off and it's like <laughs> it's it's not a crazy like fast opening considering you know mm-hmm. what uh, uh, what you're used to it's like it's a very involved very chimp heavy opening which you never would have imagined if you saw the uh, the trailers for this movie. No, yeah, and it doesn't really ever come up again. Nope. Like for the rest of the film, I think like Pierce Brosnan like laments the the poor lost monkey or whatever. Oh, for, like, oh god! For, in the first act, like every argument, he brings up the chimp, and it's yeah. it, it, and then it's dropped. You know, the second Joe Bender's a picture, but but like it, seeing like pre Bond Pierce Brosnan with with the fucking earring, by the way. Oh, the uh, earring! Uh, the oh, earring! stole the show i mean i wanted a spinoff with just his earring (laughs) well that's how you know know, like he's not a normal scientist he's like a cool scientist you know yeah he's like a george michael scientist he was channeling george michael to me (laughs) i'm just kidding uncle jesse from full house (laughs) this guy played in jesse and the rippers at some point yeah. Oh, he was the bass player, <laughs> and he he wrote Perhaps. all those he wrote all those songs that were super passionate about his his uh, his VR his jump. Oh well, yeah, yeah. 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 We should we should provide I think an overview of the movie because it's so when we've been doing these episodes it's it's easy to transition usually from the text to the movie mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. largely the same thing. Completely different. Completely different. This is a story about. Uh, <laughs> A scientist named Dr. Lawrence Angelo, and that's um, Pierce Brosnan, and he is he is working with uh, like psychoactive drugs and uh, a very rudimentary uh, virtual reality set up in his basement, funded by uh, the the shop, which is you know here is uh, just sort of a shadowy government agency. It's something that comes up in a lot of other Stephen King novels, but you know here that's they're funding his his research and well he uh stumbles upon well i'll just use the terminology of the poster the tagline for this movie was god made him simple science made him a god uh, <laughs> i'm trying was, not to laugh throughout <laughs> this whole thing and I'm that like, is my, my, my hand is over my mouth and i'm just like losing it but please go on it sounds made up <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> Yeah, so, this is Tropic Thunder, right? You were talking about Tropic well, Thunder. That's what's fucking crazy is like, there's no way Simple Jack in Tropic Thunder was not based on Jeff Fahey in Lawnmower Man. He's wearing the exact same goddamn outfit with the overalls and the loop down on one shoulder. Sort oh of my a, god! In the crazy I never hair. made that connection. Yeah. Oh my god! I was god. thinking Chucky. Actually, <laughs> I, I felt like he. Rep- I mean, nothing to do personality wise, but the way he looked, he looked like Chucky. That's true. He does have the long sleeve shirt on underneath it, which is. Just an unfortunate combination of elements. So Dr. Angelo starts experimenting on this, um, according to the poster, uh, simple <laughs> lawnmower man who is just kind of a whipping boy, quite literally, in fact, uh, literally. For, for the local community. Uh, he works at a gas station while also mowing, mowing lawns and uh, is picked on by everyone there. Uh, he's picked on by... Uh, I guess he lives what, like in a little shed out behind a church, and the church, the the, the priest is 
always looking yeah, for a reason yeah. to whip his ass with a belt. <laughs> like, um, take your clothes off. Let me whip you. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, for Jesus. Great relationship for Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and his, and so, his only friend is like a, like a 10 year old kid, you know, that he reads comics with and stuff. Well, uh, they're on the same, uh, I think like intellectual level is the implication there. Um, you know, nothing untoward going on with the lawnmower man, but, but Dr. Angelo starts pumping the lawnmower man full of who's named Joe, by the way, uh, full of psychotropic drugs and harnessing him into these VR simulations that look like if you grew up in the nineties, uh, you would recognize this sort of computer generated imagery as like what you would see in the mind's eye. I don't know if you remember those videos. They were basically like screensavers that were made on computer and people had their minds blown by it because, you know, it was the early nineties. Anyway. So, you know, then it turns into like a flowers for Algernon thing, only VR for Algernon, because, you know, all of this combines to make Job uh, super powerful. And eventually he, um, well, he turns himself completely digital. And and I, I think the way the movie ends sort of implicates that his, his plan worked, right? Yeah, his, his ultimate goal was to become like the god of cyberspace and to be, <laughs> be like, I, because this is, you know, this is before Wi-Fi, right? So he, you know, he had to get out of the mainframe and into the That didn't the even cross world. my mind. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I just yeah. assumed there was Wi-Fi and he'd like just turn the Wi-Fi off and trapped. <laughs> no, this is a, a dial-up cyber god. Yeah, yeah, this is not. <laughs> yeah. Holy uh, Lord. So yeah, as you can see, the the book or the excuse me, the short story and the the movie have almost nothing to do with with one another. So almost. Well, Eric, what do you what do you think about this movie? Oh man, um, so I first watched this. Um, th- this came out like right in my prime years. I think this came out when I was eleven ish. That was around the time where I had a lot of autonomy with what I could go see because I was old enough to ride my bike to the local theater and I saw everything. And I know I saw this um, then. Uh, and I remember at the time going, okay, this is schlocky and you know not great, but you know it was it was fun enough. And then rewatching it recently, it's such a chore. It was such a chore to get through. And and you know what mm-hmm. what really kind of blew my mind is is I felt about. Lawnmower Man, the same way that when Lawnmower Man came out, I felt about like some of the the lower grade fifties atomic scare monster movies. You know, where it's it's so much jargon being spoken, the effects are so cheesy, and and like all the 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 character interactions are all melodramatic and 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 like I felt that the way that I felt about like early fifties, you know, shitty monster movies watching it now and and uh like it really honestly made me feel old and and so fuck this movie for that and (laughs) um but you know (laughs) i yeah i'm definitely not a fan and i i I honestly honestly think that uh, brosnan like turns in a really terrible performance here the the dude like like he, you know, he he's 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 acting a lot for sure. I mean, and he's acting a lot with his hands, which always gets on my nerves. Every scene that he's trying to make a point, he's throwing his hands, you know, super dramatically oh, yeah. everywhere. Um, but it blows my mind that somebody could watch this like two, it was what two or three years before Goldeneye, and going, you know, that's our James Bond, and and he fucking <laughs> ruled. Like, yeah, I loved you know Goldeneye. I lo- you know, even his shitty Bond movies, he's great in them. So I'm glad they made the choice, but. You know, I, I can't. Uh, I guess we can thank Remington Steele for for people ignoring his his uh, earring 
performance in Lawnmower Man. My favorite Brosnan moment in the whole movie is like there's a sequence going on with, uh, you know, Job. And then it cuts uh-huh. from that immediately to uh, Dr. Angelo Brosnan in his lab. And he's just like, you know, feet up on the desk drinking a whiskey. And he just says, uh, he's like, work, life, marriage. What a fucking joke. And then it's like, <laughs> And then his wife comes downstairs and yells at him again. Like, like that's how they introduce that scene. Like, he's just saying that out loud. Was that his wife or his girlfriend? I thought it was I, his girlfriend. Uh, maybe. Well, his his partner, whatever their legal situation might be. They might be common <laughs> for all we know. But her whole role in the movie is to just come downstairs and yell at him like every bitch. No, it was it was such a classic girlfriend hates you because you play your video game too much like, <laughs> kind of thing. Like I felt like the writer had a Sega Genesis and his girlfriend hated him for it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why they put that in there. The modern version of this has has Angelo training Job in Fortnite. Like absolutely. <laughs> Sarah, when did you first see the lawnmower man? Do you remember that? I guess you yeah, said I, was, I already said, actually, I was like, I think I was like eight or something. And it was like on TV. I can't remember exactly. It was on TV or my brothers were watching it because they were older than me. Right. And uh, yeah, and I went into it not knowing anything about sex. And I came out of it just completely confused about sex. And, yeah. <laughs> Just this terrified. Not have any answers about you, that. You looked at your lawnmower in a different way after. <laughs> I looked at dragonflies in a different way after. <laughs> How long had it been since you watched the lawnmower man before we did this? I honestly think I was still like a kid. Maybe I saw it again when I was like in my preteens, maybe. But like, yeah, it's been a long time, and so watching it again, I was just like. Wow, this is a horny movie. <laughs> I didn't realize it's just like all there's like homoerotic subtext, and I don't even know whether this this priest. And it was pretty like yeah. dang. Almost every scene is horny in some fashion, and, and whether it's not or not, between two guys usually, yeah. Yeah, hey, you know whether or not the the horniness is text or subtext. Like there's something weird simmering under the surface of the entire thing. Really weird. Like Frosty was always like hugging Job. I mean, there was like, you know, undercurrents of pedophilia in it for Mm -hmm. like, it was really disturbing. Like Job's like, you want to come and play some games, you know, to Job who's like a 10 year old. And it was just like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. And then he had the sex with the whore. And oh, I couldn't even take that. The whore. <laughs> the whore. That's her name. <laughs> yeah. her ma- the only thing she cared about was sex. That was it. Like the only female characters in this entire movie was like the bitch girlfriend, the whore, and then the mother figure who shows up in the third act. And I can't even remember her name. She's just there. I'm the mom. And that was it. That's all the female characters. <laughs> I love the, the horror character to use your terminology. So I'm yes, so, I the horror. so I don't get in any trouble. And I, I, you know, again, I would point out that the gas station attendant made it very clear that whores get paid and she was, she was doing it. Um, because she liked her own volition. Yes. She just, I, I laughed really hard at that. He's like, Hey, don't call that whore a whore. I mean, yeah. like, <laughs> he's like, she's, she's been putting her heels up for everyone in this town, but she is not a whore, you know? Okay. Well, all right. She's a funny character within the reality of this movie because, and this is another strange thing about the movie, it takes place in a very small town, but somehow there's this like, you know, what appears to be a billion dollar complex where they, they've they got like the 
the rotating VR machine and what have you. Um, So that must exist on the, on the outskirts of this little town, but also there's this lady who apparently is just, you know, smashing her way through the entire community. She's just looking for Dick. That's like her main focus in life. She's just always got her eye out. Wasn't the story (laughs) like the husband is dead. And so now she's just got like all this money in like sort of a palatial estate and, you know, she's kind of help. Right. Like that's her thing. I couldn't, I don't, I don't know. I didn't catch, I didn't catch on where she came from. She just like appeared like on the balcony and started checking Joe out and they both started like shoving food in their mouths while they stared at each other. (laughs) And he seemed terrified of their future, you know, rape scene, (laughs) whatever the hell it was. Yeah. (laughs) Is Job even able to consent? Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. That was like the most uncomfortable scene in the entire movie where she's like teaching him, like, give me your tongue. And then she's like, my, you know, and she's like soft to her titties, which by the way, was like Lenny who like soft (laughs) things. I made that connection. It's pet the bunny, Lenny. It's like, oh, I was so, I almost looked away. And call her whore. Exactly. Wait a minute. So you're saying, yeah, because she is his bunny because <laughs> she he, he takes her. He takes <laughs> he her, to, her. To, Well, yeah, yeah he takes her to true. the VR thing and like vegetates her, like, Holy like shit. having too hardcore uh, VR he sex. Pet her too hard, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then she. Folks, you're listening like, to the only podcast in the world that will draw a direct line between a mice and men and the lawnmower man. Thank you for tuning yeah. in. Of mice and lawnmower men. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a good observation though. I wouldn't. I kept thinking of flowers for Algernon, or um, moreover, uh, the "It's Always Sunny" episode with uh, flowers for Charlie, where he's like tricked into thinking he's a genius. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's what I kept thinking of while watching this shit. And he doesn't he doesn't really seem to. Uh, well, I guess he does because eventually he takes the shit over. I was going to say he doesn't seem like demonstrably smarter. He just kind of drops the the simple Jack act somewhere along the line. And he starts dressing nicer. Which is really funny. Like they take him out of the, you know, he looks like a like a kid in a 1980s toy commercial is how he dresses first. Yeah. And then eventually yeah, he's, like, like, he's wearing like boots and, you know, now he knows how to he tuck in like, a shirt because he's a genius. He looks like Flag actually from the stand, the, the miniseries, right? Yeah. With the, the super tight jeans and the cowboy boots. I was like, ugh. <laughs> Quite a bit of denim going on there. Yeah. Not, not a good look. Oh. It was very repulsive. It's just very. Just, I don't want to. He's also that. he's also like very greasy in every scene. He oh, looks oiled he's so up. greasy! Oh, yeah. after after the rape scene, the cyber rape scene. <laughs> there's more than one rape scene. Um, the cyber rape scene, and he's like mowing the lawn with his mind. He is just glistening in the sun. It was just, I, I don't know if it's because he was concentrating or. Well, he, 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 need, he needed all that hair product to get his crazy hair under control. <laughs> so. Haircut for the first half of the movie. Yeah. Oh, but I, I will say though, that like, I think that there's so much to clown on in this movie and, uh, obviously, the simple Jack, you know, beginnings to Fahey's character uh, are something to kind of roll your eyes at. But I actually think Fahey kind of comes out of this okay. Like, I, 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 as, 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 what's that? 
No one's and agreeing I, with you, but go no, ahead. No okay. one's agreeing with you. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, it, it takes the transition to Cyber Hitler wasn't as uh, one note as I remembered it being. Like I, I don't know. Maybe it was just me being shocked at how bad Pierce Brosnan was, but I thought Fahey actually, you know, kind of owned it towards the end there. Like I think you know him. Well, yeah. Like, was he really a bad guy? He was sympathetic, definitely in the beginning, but. I mean, and the people he murdered were bad people, right? Correct? True. Except yeah, for, yeah. like, you know, the, the VR goons probably had families or something. Turn, <laughs> yeah. He turned them into, like, what did he do to them? Like, pixel, they were, like, poorly pixelated, like, bath beads or something. He just right. turned them, like, dipping dots. He turned them into. <laughs> yeah. He just I atomized. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. I was just like, okay. Yeah, you're right. That's what Dippin' Dots are made of, or uh, government agents that they cross Job. Yeah, I knew I didn't like that for a reason. Uh, <laughs> we should probably talk about what happened after this movie came out. Eric, do you want to give the rundown on that? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's kind of funny, like looking at it, uh, that this could very well be the most financially successful movie for Stephen King personally. Uh, because fine. because he God. he he sued the shit out of them to get his name off of it because it was so bad and they were like of course advertising it was Stephen King's The Lawnmower Man you can still see the original posters and he was like nope there's nothing of mine in there and you know screw you you can't use my name in advertising uh, and the courts awarded him a two and a half million dollar settlement for nice. and then new line proceeded to ignore the ruling and like on home video released it still with the cover of like in stephen king's the or not the shining stephen king's the lawnmower man and uh and so he took them back to court and uh, i'd have no idea how much money he made but they did i did look it up and uh the court ordered new line to pay king ten thousand dollars a day until they complied with taking all of his his names uh off of all advertising associated with the movie so they must have pulled all those cover boxes in video stores all over the country and destroyed them. Like yeah, that I would not have been, and then reproduce them. Yes. Cause this movie, as you like this movie made $250 million worldwide. <laughs> Once you factor in ancillary shit and box office overseas and all like all in. Right. Yeah. yeah so, and in the early nineties, that's a lot, right? That's yeah. Like, like a huge uh, amount of money. According to the director, this was the most uh, profitable indie movie that year, more or less. And yeah, I think I read. Why, <laughs> I, I why? Think is it just because of King's name, or? Well, in '92, uh, my my theory is that in '92, people were still impressed by the computer graphics, and that's how this movie was sold. You know, they it they, was cutting edge. Yeah, yeah, it looked like amazing. Now it's laughable, <laughs> but like back in the day. Um, this was something to see. This was this was something you only saw on like, you know, if your family had a computer and you could look at, you know, whatever was going on there or like stuff like the mind's eye. You know, here's a chance to see it on the big screen. And as an added bonus, you're going to get Pierce Brosnan with an earring. You know, who's going <laughs> to turn that down? Nobody. And the kid from Last Action Hero, by the way. Yeah, before Last Action Hero, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was before that. Huh? And he also became the replacement Thomas J in My Girl 2. Oh, I never he saw did? that. Yeah, he oh. was, he was hey, Anna Klumski's new love interest after oh, Thomas J. Got, got stung. 
<laughs> I thought I you were Thomas J. The dead. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> no, what? I've watched the shit out of that movie, Zombie it's Thomas like J. A bloated, bee-infested corpse that comes back. Does he have his glasses? I mean, that's what's important. You <laughs> yeah, can't, you can't see, see without, without him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his name's Austin O'Brien. And you, you do? Did you like clock what his name was in this movie? No, Peter. Uh, but what his last name is? It's Parquet. Oh, no. so uh, Peter yeah, Parquet. Almost Peter Parker. It's so like it's Peter like Parker. Peter Parker. It's a it's an abbreviated Peter Parker. A, yeah. a Peter Parquet. Peter like, Parquet. Yes. Yeah. Like they a novel and a novel, novel, a novella. Yeah. They did, and they put Harold's death scene in the movie, which seemed completely out of place with the lawnmower that actually went and bashed through the front door and then ate him. And yeah. Went the and then they, and everything. Yeah, and then and the they cops brought, showed up and they said yeah. the same lines from the book the story yeah it's weird it's almost as if uh you know they just kind of wrote up a quick three-page thing and dropped it in the (laughs) middle of a script (laughs) because he murdered everyone else with like his cyber powers and you know and the dip and dots and then Mm -hmm. like for this guy he just decided to just go old school with the lawnmower and it just like made no sense i'm curious about the um the building where, uh, like, Angelo takes Job to, and they're in, like, the spinny things. You know what I'm talking about? The spinny yep. things, yeah. The, like, the, the Vitruvian man. Like, do you think that's a set, or do you think that was a practical location that they retrofitted? Because if that's a set, that looks like a costly-ass set. I think like, it, it was actually, great. yeah. I think it actually existed. I don't think they built it. It looked like something that they would test out for people, like, to play on or... Whatnot, because it looked like a real. It's a huge room with like, I'm talking about that space, you know, like like my wife was saying, she thought it was maybe a planetarium that they turned into a VR chamber, but it looks I it looks amazing, and the movie, as bad as it is, is kind of well shot. I thought Um, it looks uh, it looks more expensive than it actually is, so they they did a little something right. It's laughable, and the 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 story, the characters, everything is bad. But that's like one of the few things that I that I don't think is too bad. It's it's a pretty good looking movie. You can have that. We'll let you have that. <laughs> well, it, it, it does does make me nostalgic a little bit for that time. Just seeing the New Line logo from that era just by itself puts me into a little yeah. bit of a nostalgic place because I was a you know big Freddy kid and I loved. You know, I, I, you know, I just associate just like how, you know, you associate Star Wars with the Fox logo. You know, it's, you know, just, just seeing, time, yeah. yeah, seeing that it just instantly gives you a little bit of, of a smile. Um, unfortunately, that smile <laughs> lasts for, for the 10 seconds of the logo. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a monkey yeah. dressed as Weapon X starts <laughs> bodying motherfuckers in a lab. Did they show the monkey in the VR harness, though? Yes. Didn't they? Yeah, the, he was, was in the spinning really thing. Kind of, yeah. I couldn't. Decide if it was adorable or disturbing. <laughs> yes, that's that's the lawnmower man difference. You don't know. Um, have either of y'all seen the director's cut? No, I was. I saw. It, I was looking. I saw it like it was on Prime or something, maybe. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I, I, I can't. I can't. I just watched yeah, the like basic thirty movie. minutes longer. And it's thirty minutes longer. Yeah, and I was I, like, I don't know if I can. I hovered over it and was like, do I want 30 more minutes of this? Like, I don't, I don't think I want to take that leap. And I, there were people on Twitter. Like I, I, I said on Twitter that I was watching lawnmower man and a couple of people popped up to be like director's cut or regular cut. Like, 
you know, this one has 30 minutes and it's much better. Like, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know that it could be. I don't think there's 30 minutes of anything you could add to this movie that like. What could they possibly add to it? Just more like rapey priest scenes or like (laughs) (laughs) more background for the kid or I like the more horror scenes. 30 minutes of Brosnan's wife coming down to yell at him or his girlfriend. Yell at him. Yeah. Whatever. The it's sh- me or your names. Children. Holy You shit. promised you were going to take me to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She really wants to go into town. Tone down those she shoulder was... pads, lady. Come on. The shoulder pads were huge. Holy I love Lord. watching all the movies. I love watching those old She looks like she's wearing movies. a fucking suit of armor under a blazer. Like, what was going on back then? Why they do that? Did people just want their heads to look smaller? Like I don't understand. Like, <laughs> <the fashion. laughs> Where they were coming from? What they were trying to achieve with these giant? I don't. You know, I don't think they, they were trying to make their heads look smaller because at the same time the hair was bigger. Was so <laughs> you know, so so maybe it's just like I don't. Maybe they wanted their face to look small. I mean, I, I think I think you guys forgot how influential Beetlejuice was, and everybody wanted to be the shrunken head guy in the in the waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that's it. I think that's it. Did you? you any, did any of you guys uh, play the the video game of this? No, no, I did not. It, it, it um, was it was I've out seen like screen on caps. When, when Sarah like, and I were initially talking about her doing this episode, I think I was. Yeah, up. you showed me you showed me a clip and I was just laughing hysterically. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. like all of these games, it's just all you do is dodge blocks, right? And then you go through a hole and then you dodge another block and then you and that's it. <laughs> well, that's that's what gave Job his Job powers inside the machine, you know? <laughs> like if you look at like the, you know, they they're giving him the drugs, right? But then when you see what he's like when he goes into the virtual reality world, it's just like you know, he's like pod racing, you know, he's, th- that's basically yeah. what it is. It's just dodging, you know, it was just dodging more shit and then going through another hole and then dodging more right. shit. And that apparently turns you into a, a cyber God. And as long as you don't get caught in the, the chompers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those things look like the fucking Langoliers. Like I, maybe cause I just watched it last night, but you know, the, they did. The, the, now I think about it. yeah, it reminded me of the, the teeth on those truly awful CGI renderings and the Langoliers, but you know, what's really fucking crazy about the game. Like, I, I can't believe I didn't play it. Like, I watched some gameplay of it. Uh, I can't, but this would have been up my alley at the time. It was in a Genesis and SNES game, but what's really blew my mind at, right at the beginning was that you get the option of picking two characters or one of two characters. Cause it's a, it can be a co-op thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I only ever saw the, uh, the uh, uh, a single player. Cause the only videos that are, you know, really up are like speed runs, people trying to do speed runs of it. Cause I well, guess the that's a thing. Have to be Job, right? No, it is uh, Pierce Brosnan and the second character. Who, who do you think that is? Uh, it's not Job. It is not. I, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Because you're it, fighting Job. Oh, I hope is it the whore? The priest. It is the monkey. <laughs> 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 is it the monkey? <laughs> I wish. I wish. I would. I would have bought a, a Genesis. Oh and my play yeah! Them. I would go out right now. It, n- no. I would play it is it is uh the kid's mom is the second player, <laughs> player you can be what? 
she had like two lines in the whole fucking movie. And I, I had the same thought when I saw it. I'm, I'm, I, I'm like, oh my god, is the is it the, the town slut that you're playing? And I'm like, oh, oh no, it, 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 the other character was the mom and no, the abused mother. That's the, abu- the abused oh mom that is introduced two thirds into the movie. Yeah, and it's just there to drive shit. drive them around. Maybe they um, didn't have Fahey's uh, likeness rights or something. No, because Fahey is the bad guy. So you're going in. Oh, the, whole, the whole setup is you're, you shoot a bunch of government agents, and when you kill them, they drop CDs, obviously. Um, and <laughs> uh, and you're going through, and it's like Contra, right? It's like a side-scroller. And you kill all these government agents, and you kill their like like late 80s, early 90s sedans that they're driving around. Yes, um, I saw that in the in the oh, yeah. with Sarah. And Sarah was like, <laughs> The bad guy is like a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> no, I said it was a Volvo. Yeah, it's like a gray Volvo is the, the bad boss guy. It is. And, the then, boss and, and then when you beat like the mini boss, then you can go up and find one of those access granite things and it turns into like Star Fox where it's a VR thing and you're like flying through, you know, in, you know, all these like basic shapes and uh, ultimately to find and kill Joe before he can, uh, I don't know, call everybody on Earth, you know, which is what his ultimate goal was, I guess. So. Yeah, he That'll, just wanted to say hi to everyone. At the it was. He wanted to reach out and touch someone. That'll or really annoy them. What is he like? Like, is he a telemarketer now? Is he trying is. to sell? That? <laughs> is, this is this is how all telemarketers are birthed. <laughs> I'm so confused why you could play the mother. Like, maybe in the extended version, she's got like this whole other side story. Or but that extended version didn't exist whenever the game came out. Oh, good point. It, good point. It, I think I, I honestly my theory because I watched one of these gameplay videos that like got all the way to the end and beat it. The very last thing is like a pixelated still from the movie of Pierce Brosnan and her standing next to each other, going, "You were able to to blow up the building and survive, you know, this thing." And uh, so yeah. I think because they had that still, they're like, "Well, we want to make this co op. You, you we want to <laughs> have a two player thing, so we can always end here. No matter which character you pick, you'll be you'll be in that final still." That is my oh, guess. Okay. You couldn't have it be the kid and like. Although that know. would make so much more sense. I mean, not killing the government agent parts, but the only other person that you see enter VR that's not the chimp, you know, in Piers Brosnan is the kid, right? That he, they're right. playing that like racing game in VR. And those like dentist chairs. But and- yeah, it is a little problematic. So you what know, what was up you- with those chairs? I was staring at them. They're like dentist chairs, exactly, or like massage chairs. I was like, what are they on? The Angelo used to be a gynecologist, right? Uh, oh. it, it didn't work out, so he he lost the stirrups, and you know he, oh. he turned those chairs into VR chambers. It makes sense to me. Seems seems rational. Well, 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 well. well. <laughs> That's the movie. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I will say that, you know, if you decide to revisit it, pay attention to um, the main bad guy that's running the shop, because that is Dean Norris from Breaking Bad. What? Uh-huh. And he is, and I, I love him I so much. I literally just watched this like two hours yeah. ago, and I didn't, I couldn't tell that. Wait, yeah. which which guy? The the giant face on the screen? The giant face or? on the on the screen, yeah, that has those weird, awkward, like, super close-ups to his, like, his teeth. Yeah, it's like a talking. parent's, like, it's like a parent using FaceTime or something. Yeah. Like, Fuck. He and looks he's, familiar. I and, was like, I couldn't. I was gonna look up the actor, and then I just 
got too tired from watching the fucking movie. And I was and, like, over it. as good as he is in Breaking Bad is as bad as he is here. He is like mustache twirling, but like not in a fun way. It's like he's been trying to be intimidating instead of being intimidating. It's a real cringy performance. But, you know, I love the dude and I'm glad he, you know, he, he got to uh, establish himself that you know, was, later. Yeah. That was driving yeah. me crazy. I'm glad, he, totally I'm glad he got out of being in Lawnmower Man without that damaging his career. And uh, also uh, of note is uh, Jeffrey Lewis, uh, who is uh, kind of a King alum. He was in uh, Toby Hooper's Salem's Lot. He sh- he is the guy. He is a uh, um, Juliet Lewis's father, and he's but he's the uh, the guy that uh, runs the lawn mowing company. So he's a character actor you've seen in a a billion wow. things. Yeah. So I-, I always like seeing him pop up, and he's he. I-, I thought that was pretty interesting, considering that he has a really memorable part in toby hooper salem's lot so unfortunately he doesn't really have a memorable part in <laughs> in the uh, the lawnmower man um perhaps fortunately less so yeah. unfortunately yeah, they're probably really happy with the fact that they don't stand out yeah maybe dodge that bullet a little bit <laughs> yeah that's but that's all all i got and <laughs> that's about it you know i sarah do you have anything you want to add here uh no <laughs> <laughs> uh do you have anything to plug uh, plug, um, you, well, you guys can, um, if you like Trump jokes, you can check out my Twitter account, which is at nachosarah.com. Um, if you like tits, I post pictures of my tits on my Instagram, which is <laughs> <laughs> occasionally, which is also nachosarah. Did I say .com last time? Sometimes yeah, I'd I like to point out that the, uh, I asked you for like some bio information that I just absolutely could not read on air and not like lose my job oh yeah that's 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 funny yeah you asked you said what how do you want us to introduce you and i was like just just say that i suck a lot of cocks or something (laughs) (laughs) and i was like i don't care and you're like no not gonna do that i'm like all right fine yeah but well Um, fair enough you know we all have a hobby yeah Yeah, and I am uh, currently a co-writer on the comic Money Shots, which is about alien sex or having sex with aliens. But it's funny and it's good and it's published by Vault. And we're currently on like issue six and it's fun. And uh, yeah. So alien sex, but no, no VR sex. No VR sex. No, just aliens. Fucking. It's mainly the basis of the book. (laughs) Aliens and slow-witted gardeners. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it for uh for this time. Thanks for thanks for joining us everyone. Thanks for having me. Let's never speak of this movie yeah. again. We'll never never discuss this again. And that was our episode. Thank you so much for listening and thanks to our guest Sarah who uh I think kind of knocked it out of the park. What do you think brought Scott the, uh, brought the thunder? Is is my professional uh opinion of that episode. And I'm impressed that if if with any listeners that got all the way through that it's um was sort of freewheeling that episode um another thing i i I would like to bring up i i saw somebody on twitter saying uh recently that our guests seem to be uh actually there's two things i want to address really quickly do we have like a couple of minutes we have all the time in the world excellent okay the first thing is uh when we're teasing episodes I see a lot of people guessing that it's going to be somebody associated with the movie. This happens like every week. It's almost never going to be the case. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like 
Jeff Fahey was never going to come on and do Lawnmower Man. You know, I, I, I got to assume that's like the last thing he'd want to do. You know, we, like, we also think it, it's more fun just from a, a Stephen King fan perspective to have because we do have guests in the future that are in the Stephen King world that have done made Stephen King movies, been a part of Stephen sure. King films. But to us, it's way more fun to have them talk about the projects that they love and really want to talk about, not the totally. one that they've they've made. Right. I think maybe there's there's room for us to do some uh, bonus episode exploration in this regard. Maybe we we get we get someone in and have them talk about their experience. But for our standard episodes, I just don't think that's a thing. Secondly, a, a complaint that I recently saw on Twitter or uh, a critique, I should say, not necessarily a complaint, is that our guests have been choosing uh, some of lower tier King stuff. People were not um, going with the classics. And I just want to say that next week we're going to we're going to change that up a a little bit, aren't we? Yeah, a little bit. uh, Scott, darling, light of my life. What are we talking about next week? (laughs) We are talking about The Shining, uh, perhaps the perhaps the crown jewel in the Stephen King collection. We kind of go very deep into uh, the book and the Kubrick film. Uh, and we do it with a mm-hmm. guest who, if you've been paying attention, you might know who it is. That is correct. There, some 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 hints have been uh, seeded uh, as of late. But there's uh, a director with, uh, you know, his uh, him. I, I guess I can at least reveal the gender uh, is uh, his his bona fides in the world of of genre film are uh, pretty unimpeachable. I think. You know, it's a it's a solid episode. I think it's uh, it's also an episode that leaves us with a shit ton of things to explore uh, about The Shining that we didn't um, that we didn't get to. I think you're we're probably going to end up doing a a few episodes on The Shining, but we're excited for you all to hear it. And it will be along, uh, you know, next week. All right. See you guys then.